thank you for downloading this in-ear entertainment podcast. You're listening to Shakespeare's Sonnets. Sonnet 45 The other two, slight air and purging fire, are both with thee, wherever I abide. The first my thought, the other my desire, these present absent with swift motion slide. For when these quicker elements are gone, in tender embassy of love to thee, my life, being made of four, with two alone, sinks down to death, oppressed with melancholy. Until life's composition be recurred by these swift messengers returned from thee, who even now, who even but now come back and back, who even but now come back again, assured of thy fair health, recounting it to me. This told, I joy, but then no longer glad. I send them back again, and straight grow sad. That was Sonnet forty-five of Shakespeare's Sonnets. I'm being extra perky today. My name is Mark Chatterley, and I am joined by the lurgy-infested Jerry Hillis. That's that's nice, Mark. <laughs> Thank you. I thought it was good. I, I, I have to say, at the moment, um, my, my brother's getting married in, um, oh, by me, two, three weeks' time. And I'm still desperately trying to find a reading to do at his, at his wedding, which I've been asked to do. And I found this amazing poem last night that I want to read, but I've been vetoed by my other half, which has wonderful lines in it, such as, If we were the last two survivors of a zombie apocalypse and you got bitten, I wouldn't even fight you off. I would let you bite me because I'd rather be... <laughs> I'd rather live undead forever with you than live alone with, uh, on my own. Wow. Which was really good. It's, it's, and it's all got geeky references all the way through, but I was told I wasn't allowed to read it. So it dep- I mean, I, I don't know your brother, but if they are a geeky couple, I could get a good poem to read. It would. Then they're, they're not, unfortunately. I'm yeah. the, definitely the geeky one of the family. The rest of my family are a bit <coughs> straight-laced. A bit, bit, you know, that traditional British lower middle class kind of family if that makes any yeah, sense to people yeah like that. it might not make to international listeners but it, it's that kind of I, I suppose the attitude is we're doing okay and therefore we're going to keep to ourselves to avoid that kind of interaction with mm. others which is a perfectly valid way of, of going through life I, I just I'm a bit of the black sheep because <laughs> I do things like this <laughs> And I kind of put myself out there and want to talk to as many people as possible. But yes, so so yeah, Lurgy infested Thierry is today, bless him. So he might not talk much, which would be unusual. Uh, <coughs> what do you? I'm gonna I'm gonna pass you. What do you think of this sonnet? It very much follows on from the previous one, I think. Yeah, so we we said that in the previous episode. This is basically the next two elements after what are the other two? Uh, that's earth. Like earth and, and air. No, we have air and fire in this one. Ah, oh, then water, sorry. Earth and water. Which, apparently, from the couple of bits that I have, means uh, thought and desire. They correlate to that. Uh, see, I, I didn't realise they had um, links into to sort of emotions that way. I, I always knew that they were very, very important. Earth, wind, air and fire. And when they combine with heart, they bring about Captain Planet! <laughs> If anyone was born roughly the same time as me, um, but yeah, I, I understand that they were, and then there was the belief, the very, very old belief that all things in the world are made up of, of various combinations of those four elements. I'm pretty sure during Shakespeare's time that might have still been the case. Okay, I'm not, I'm not quite I, I... sure 
when we discovered that there's over a hundred elements. Yeah, I would have hoped we'd advanced more than than that at Shakespeare's time, but I suppose there's there's probably a much greater difference between what the scientific community in Shakespeare's time would have believed and known and what the common person would have known, because there would be no broadcast broadcast mechanism, Mm. I guess. Well, they had the printing press, but still fairly... Oh, no, we had the first periodic table in 1869, so that's... That's still two hundred and over two hundred fifty years away. Yeah, blimey. Okay, well, yeah, maybe they were ignorant people. <laughs> Bless them. And you, I, I suppose you can kind of see how you'd come to that conclusion. You burn a piece of wood, it lets off smoke and fire. It, 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 it kind of makes <coughs> sense, but it's a bit weird. But I didn't realise they had such strong links to emotions. And, and this, so the the last in the last one we had earth and water were confining him uh, in the last sonnet. Oh, this is easier for our listeners, isn't it? The, we, it's been a week since yeah. we did the last sonnet, so it's all a bit weird in our head. Whereas for you, it's only been like four days. That's not fair. Um, yeah, so earth and, and water were confining him and weren't allowing him to travel huge distances to to the young love. So in this one, he he seems to be using fire and air as kind of like messengers is that a fair thing to say i would say that's a fair thing to say and, and it brings in in my head is it um odin head of the norse gods he had two ravens did he have two ravens or two eagles who he would send out to survey the land that's, every day wow my, my my knowledge of norse mythology is i pretty much ruined by marvel <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's that's how that worked. I used to be quite good with it, but Marvel came along and destroyed just, it with yeah. their kapows and and whacks. Um, yeah, I think he had two ravens, which he would send out, or, or maybe it was jackals. Oh, I can't remember. But the two things would go out and survey the land every day and repeat, report back to him about things that had happened and things that were going to happen. So he was always in the know, um, and it, it it just kind of. It, in my head, I made that link. The idea that, that Shakespeare is using air and fire to, to go and find out information. <coughs> punctuated by coughs. I apologise. That's, that's fine. I can't, I can't fault you for being ill. My, my eyes are going slightly yellow today, so I can't uh. complain about people being ill. I have cool yellow eyes sometimes, listeners. It, it's, it's quite funky. It's like a superpower, like um, Cyclops. Except for a bit pants, and I don't blast anyone. That's, that's probably a good thing. Yeah, that is. All I do is scare the people who serve me in shops, and they kind of look into my eyes and go, and they get this really shocked look on their face, and then they they rush off. I'm and sure they've seen. Well, yeah, it could be infectious. Yeah, <laughs> the yellow <laughs> eyes—they are infectious. Um, but the end, uh, the the end of this sonnet, this. Uh, it, oh, he does in fact say they're messengers by those swift messengers returned from thee. Who even but now come back assured of thy fair health, recounted it to me. This told I joy. So I, I like the idea that they come back and he's happy because the fair youth is is healthy. Um, which so we've we've moved past Shakespeare being angry at the fair youth. It appears at this point, um, but then no longer glad. I send them back again. So I imagine he's no longer glad because he realizes the youth is is healthy, but he's not there, and he sends them out again. And and, he, and straight grow sad, so he's always alone. Even his messengers leave him because he's they're they're constantly away 
trying to find out information. Well, that's that's what he does with the elements in this one as well. Th- it's the separation. He says, the other two slight air and purging fire are both with thee. And then he goes on a bit further down. My, la- my, my life, my life mm-hmm. being made of four with two alone sinks down to death oppressed with melancholy. Yeah, so he's always alone. Yeah, he, he only has two of the ele- <clears throat> two of the elements with him. And they're the two that uh, I would have been referred to before, the earth and the the water, which are essentially imprisoning him. Earth earth and water are the two things that are stopping him be where he can be. Because I guess they're the the physical elements, I guess. They're the ones that actually, in in a human sense, bind you to a place. Because you have to walk over the earth a long distance and you can't cross huge swaths of water. Whereas fire and air, they're ethereal. They can can move quickly and, and gust about. So yeah, the fair youth—he's using his two, his two um, elements to to snoop on the fair youth. Kind of stalkery. I'm pretty sure we've established by now that this is a fairly creepy relationship that's going <laughs> on. <laughs> are you better, are, it's good to revisit that every time because these are supposedly what the some of the greatest examples of love poetry ever written in in the English language, and all we can see over and over again is creepiness in them that's that's true love isn't it you're creepy you're just <laughs> following the other person you always know where they are and if you can't go yourself you send other people to look for them <laughs> is it is it worth telling people what day we're recording this on <laughs> we could make this valentine's day today we, we are recording it, this on the 14th of february so we, we are we we uh, we take our podcasting seriously and and we we try and build up a big buffer so that if any one of us does get ill and can't do the podcast, um, there, there's buffers so you don't miss an episode. But it does mean that, that you probably being released today is about Sonnet 32, and we're recording Sonnet 45 on, which, on Valentine's which Day. Which is end of March? Yes. Or on my birthday. Happy yeah. birthday to me! Happy birthday to you, to future <laughs> Thierry. We should work that out. We should work out which Sonnet is your birthday Sonnet. Oh, that's going to be... I'm not even... What day is... It might even be a Tuesday or a Thursday, I don't even... Yeah, it's going to be a Thursday. That's awesome. We, we will work out <laughs> your birthday sonnet. It might have already um, passed. <laughs> uh, if it ha- no, if it hasn't, I, we, we will eat cake on air. <laughs> I think we should do that. That would be awesome. Um, <laughs> this, uh, this sonnet is... I quite like this sonnet. It's not a nice one to read. In fact, this bash of four that have coming up aren't nice ones to read. Um they're very much I think this this batch of sonnets we've got are very much designed to be studied or, or read to yourself they're meant to be read not read out loud they're meant to be read not spoken I guess would be the way of saying that most I mean unless it's um, slam poetry most poetry is meant to be read to yourself Oh, I love slam poetry. There's there's someone um I performed with him when I'm doing stand up and he does slam he does spoken slam poetry. And every time he goes up and does one of his poems, I sit there just going, I wish I could write poetry better. I wish I it's so amazing to hear. And and all I could do is stand up there and make a proud of myself and make <coughs> people laugh. It's not as fun. But yeah, that Shakespeare wasn't really into his slam poetry. I'm not sure they had that at the time. It's something fairly modern. We, we should, if we get a time machine, bring back some slam poets to, po- to, to Shakespeare because I'd love God. to hear him have a go at it. It, it would be, awesome. be the poshest uh, slam poet ever. <laughs> oh, all about elements and stars and astrology. and oh, It would be amazing. It would be really, really good. 
with weird words like melancholy. It's a nice. Yeah. I like the word melancholy. I do. It's just. I, I. It's a weird word, melancholy. It doesn't. It doesn't immediately leap into your mind what it should mean. What it should mean. <laughs> that's, I mean. I mean. That's why I don't like it. Most words don't inherently have any meaning. I mean, that's <laughs> that, <clears throat> that's not how language works. Table doesn't really. There's nothing tabley about the word table. It's... But there, there is. The, the because, because you associate nice... the two with each other. <laughs> no, no, tables are nice and sturdy. The word table's got a T in it, which is a nice sturdy letter. It's got a couple of peaks, which are the legs. It's a very tabley word, table. I, I'm, I'm disagreeing with you there. And this isn't just because like, the only language I know is, is English. Messengers, messengers is very messengery. The word, <laughs> even the, t- it, 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 it's, it's messengers. The way you said it, it gives the impression of something coming from a long distance and sort of snaking towards you. Messengers, they're coming towards you with with information. I, I think you're wrong. Wow, I, this is why English is an amazing language. And yet, most of these words aren't even. I mean, table isn't English. Melancholy isn't English. <laughs> Sh- 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 I'm pretty sure messenger isn't an English word. <laughs> Stop ruining my points. <laughs> why did I ask you to do this podcast with me? I, it was because you know language, that's why. And it's not just me spouting off rubbish. Uh, I don't really have much more to say about this sonnet. Do you, do you have more to say about the sonnet? I you must just... have. Uh, I probably would if my head wasn't going, oh, there's so many words. <laughs> There's no more words than usual, That's, I don't think. That is true, but it does look like more. What do you think about... It's line four, I think, is quite interesting. The, these present um, absent with swift motion slide. Yeah, it's the present absent, the hyphenated present absent, to suggest they are always present and always absent. Kind of um, quantum physics-y going on there. Well, they definitely didn't know about quantum physics because that the twentieth century, early twentieth century. But um, thank you, thank you for that history lesson. I, I, I had don't no know. Idea. There might be people out there who who wouldn't know. I've, I've, I don't, I'm not sure. Cat, how... Isn't it Shakespeare's cat? That famous thought experiment. Yeah, but even even that ask people what Schrodinger's cat actually means, and no one would be able to tell you. No, and and the fact that it was made up as an example <clears> of why. Uh, micro uh, micro physics doesn't work in the macro world I, I, it was to show how patently absurd the idea is and yet people take it as a as a as oh actually, wow yeah. it's so mystical and it's crap but it's lovely if you don't know what that is email us and we'll talk about it I'll work it into another sonnet <laughs> but uh, yeah <clears throat> the, the present I would, I would I thought it was the elements yeah that, as in they're, they're present, present here with me, sort of, but they're all half of them are also with you. Oh, so, so literally splitting the four into two and two. These present absent with swift motion slide. That's the way I read it. What about the swift motion slide then? Which is a lovely phrase. If I think if I was to write a, a sort of a uh, a movie that was going to go to independent film festivals, I'd call it swift motion slide because <laughs> it's an amazing title. I'm not actually sure. With yeah, that, that's motion like... slide. Maybe they go so in between a... the two. As in, the, the 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 elements just sort of. Sometimes they're with Shakespeare, sometimes they're not. 
Yeah, so the the first so he's talking about so the whole segment is is the first word I can't say quatrain quatrain it's the first thing. The other two slight uh, slight air and purge and fire are both with thee wherever I abide. Uh, the first my thought, the other my desire. These present absent with swift motion slide. Yeah, I think it is. It, they're they're his. So he's suggesting that everyone has four elements so you kind of own them and they are yours to command and and he's sent two away at least that's how that's well, the, the youth has I'm taken two with him yeah and so they're they're present absent they're present as <clears> in <throat> they are his but they're absent from him right now and and the swift motion i'm guessing is referring to the fact that the air and the fire are the two ethereal of the of the four elements could be, i, I would have He's present, absent, or swift motion slide. It's, it's, it's not the easiest couple of lines to, to, to distangle, I guess. Because it, it goes on, it goes on to say, for when these quicker elements are gone. So, yeah, I, I think it is the idea that they are they are quickly leaving and coming back to him to sort of keep the lines of communication open. They're, they're, they're like yeah, his... that does make sense. They're like his supply lines, if you want to use a kind of war analogy, that, that are keeping him in touch with, with what the fair youth is up to. So so where we've got to, I guess, in the in the history of the sonnets is the Shakespeare loved the fair youth and, and built him up to be this mythical person, like love personified. Uh, and, and, and that was very much how we got in the early sonnets. He is love personified on earth. Nothing is more beautiful than, than him. And then... Shakespeare very much falls in love with him in the physical sense that he wants to have a physical relationship with him. He then falls out of love with the fair youth, or maybe not out of love, but gets very upset at the fair youth because the fair youth did something, although we don't know what it is. Something, something with was. a girl. And there, yeah, and then <clears throat> it becomes something with a girl, <clears throat> and then it was very much he's sleeping with someone who Shakespeare also quite liked. And now we've got. Then we went into the. Shakespeare trying to forgive the fair youth, uh, which wasn't happening very well, um, and now we've got to the point where the fair youth is absent, and that is that's been a, a running theme for the past couple of sonnets that that the fair youth is away somewhere, and not not just it. I don't get the impression it's like in the next town over. It, it seems to be a vast distance of of land and water, because I, presumably if he was in the next village, Shakespeare would be able to get on a jump horse. On a horse. And- Head over there, yeah. So it, it sounds as though the the fair youth is is a long distance away, maybe in another country. That's the impression I'm getting. Well, it wouldn't even have to be. In a, well, I guess another country within the UK it could be. Well, I, I, just because there's water involved, he's bound. Shakespeare is bound by air, earth and water, which in my head would yeah, seem it we're be. an island. You'd it have could to be an island. Yeah. But well, that I have no idea. Was Ireland part of the UK at the time? I la, 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 la. <clears throat> I don't know. You're you're the British person, Mark. I I am, but you have no idea what history is like in our schools. History in our schools is there was the First World War from dates da 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 da, da and then there's the Second World War from forty five to da, 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 and Hitler was bad, and he was German, and the Germans tried to take over the world, and they bombed us. They it was unbelievable. They bombed us, and we had to go on rationing. <laughs> <laughs> that is pretty much wow. 
history in in yeah that, that's sort of i went to slight tangent i went to see uh argo the ben affleck movie about the uh kidnapping in uh iran with a okay. couple of people and i mean i i did all of that in school that was all part of my history lessons what happened there and everything but none of the other people knew what was going on <laughs> and afterwards some of them just was like oh i had no idea that ever happened it's just like that's 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 a major historic incident of the last century. How how did you not? No, no, no. We do the First World War and the Second World War. It's just like, but, yeah. but there's more stuff happened than those combined ten years you know, of stuff. And the only other two things I can remember from my history class is that in 1066, something oh, happened. Oh, uh, yeah, 16... it's the, um, the Norman Conquest in 1066. Norman Conquest 1066. And then in 1666 was the Fire of London. Those that that's all I remember, I and and I, that was pretty much all we learned. The the British education system, as much as I adore it, because it's it's socialised and and it ensures pretty much that all kids are literate and uh, up to a certain level. And I don't agree that that level is high enough, but that's another discussion. I adore it, but some things like like it's the the very right wing ideal we have in this country that if something isn't pertinent to a job you're going to get after school it is not worthwhile knowing which removes all things like art and history and geography all of these amazing subjects just drop by the wayside one by one by one because they're not seen as pertinent to getting a job and therefore they're not seen as important pertinent to getting a job is a very vague pointless definition because you don't i mean Art could be incredibly useful depending on what sort of job you want. And... Yeah, but but we're talking. This is the right wing involvement with the school yeah. system. They don't see art as as worthwhile. And there's there's a wonderful wonderful um, clip on YouTube. You should find it. They, we've in this country we've got someone called I think it's Ben Alson who did it, and he's a he's a writer and a comic and uh, he's kind of a political commentator as well. And it's back when he was young, and he's having a discussion about I think it's about Thatcher. Uh, Margaret Thatcher, uh, lovely right-wing <laughs> prime minister we had. Um, the Iron Lady. Yes, exactly. Um, and it, at the time, there was a discussion about whether art, you should be able to study art at at university. And she made a comment about the, <coughs> the history. Someone was studying the, the history of art in, in some random country. And she made this derisive comment about how, how oh, she wished she had that kind of free time. Completely disregarding the fact that that can be important and is quite important to human history and to culture and and the point of art is to develop you as a person and if you don't allow people to develop as people all you end up with is a mindless a mindless mass of people which is again what the right wing people want because they want a, a mass of people they can control so when they say immigrants are coming in and stealing your jobs not one of them goes Actually, where's the evidence for that? Why, why are you telling me this? The the big one we got in the country at the moment is is um, benefit benefit cheats. Oh yeah, and, and everyone is stealing benefits. That's yes. that's how it and works. That's how they make you feel. I don't I don't know how many of our listeners have ever been on benefits, but that is how they make you feel in there. They they really just treat you like a piece of shit. Yeah, it, it is. and and the idea that the majority of people on benefits are cheating the system, when all research into it shows it's actually a very very small percentage, and the amount of money that they're taking from the system is less than the money that was robbed from us by our MPs in the um, 
scandal of flipping homes and crap like that. It's, uh, it's it just, really wipes. I, I, I wouldn't even. I, I was on benefits for, I don't know how many. Did not that long, like two months or something. And you you don't want to cheat that system because every time you go in there, you just it's not a place you want to be in. It just yeah. I mean, if if I I I sort of admire the people who manage to cheat the system because to go in there every two weeks and to just to be made feel just make you feel like a piece of shit. You just to stick through that for like what is it seventy Years. quid a week? That's yeah. I mean, you deserve the money just for that half an hour that you get paid out. <laughs> Oh, unbelievable. And we have all sorts of scandals in this in this country. The the big famous one was um, one of our MPs putting on expenses, so it has to be work-related, was um, the cleaning of his moat that's around his house. Um, someone else put the cleaning of a duck island that was in their lake in their backyard. Um, and the big, big famous one was um, this lady MP's husband who watched some porn in a hotel room on pay-per-view and then they expensed that to the taxpayer. And it's just it winds me up it's the bums on the rod versus the bums on the plush and these people at the top are taking us for far more money than the very few people who are at the bottom of the rung and and yet because there's this idea of let's keep everyone ill-educated and just let them respond to, to the buttons and levers we put in them they target everything on these these this minority that is cheating the system and they are Probably there are some people cheating the system, but all the focus goes there and completely misses the fact that these people who are supposedly meant to be running the country are robbing us for millions. But even that doesn't... I mean, historically, keeping people stupid has not worked. It, I mean, <laughs> it, it works for like a, a few years, maybe a decade or two, but eventually people want freedom and they, they want to learn and they want knowledge and eventually they'll just rise up. I mean, even... Was it still... Well, it was the end of Thatcher, the poll tax riots. Yes. It, even that people just... I mean, instead of fighting you with debates, they'll just take to the streets and beat the crap out of everyone. But they just... There's always the point where they don't take it anymore. Treat treat people like an educated... Group, treat people like humans. An educated group of people, of individuals, is, is how we should treat them. We, this has this, this, gone this, way off. <laughs> just, <laughs> this has, and also way longer than usual. This I'm very... Uh, no, I'm not sorry because these are important issues. And this and is our special again, Valentine's Day episode on the. Yes, I looked at. I just this should be the second of April, so just just the one after my birthday. We've missed it, Mark. Ah, oh, damn it! Okay, we have to work out when my birthday one's going to be then, and we we'll do that. But we're, let, let's go. Are you? Do you, do you feel you're up to with your cold I, reading uh, us out? Uh, yeah, I'll I'll do my best. <laughs> you sound, oh, at okay. least at least I have an excuse this time if I uh, stumble. That's true. Okay, I shall let you go. So, oh God, Sonna, what was that? For? I have your Roman numbers for, now, and my brain just went. Oh, that's an accent. <laughs> Al, what is that again? Forty-five. Sonna is forty-five. This is gonna go so well. <laughs> Sonnet 45 The other two, slight air and purging fire, are both with thee wherever I abide. The first my thought, the other my desire, these present absent with swift motion slide. For when these quicker elements are gone in tender embassy of love to thee, my life, being made of four, with two alone, sinks down to death, oppressed with melancholy. Until life's records... I think that's where I went wrong as well. (laughs) Just, 
I, for some reason, I was expecting a different word. Until life's <laughs> composition be recured by those swift messengers returned from thee, who even but now come back again, assured of thy fair health, recounting it to me. This told, I joy, but then no longer glad, I sent them back again, and straight grow sad. Excellent. That was Sonnet 45 from William Shakespeare's Sonnets. I've been Mark Chatterley, and you've been listening to Shakespeare's Sonnets. This one was maybe a, a tad political. Um, I, I hope we haven't alienated anyone who doesn't quite agree with our political ideals, but, you know, message us. Send us emails. We like that. Um, I'm Mark Chatterley, and you can follow me on Twitter at Nufkin. I am Thierry Healers, and you can follow me on Twitter at Sound of Seagulls. Excellent. And we shall see you all next time for Sonnet 46. Goodbye. Goodbye. You've been listening to Shakespeare's Sonnets with Mark Chatterley and Thierry Hellis. This has been an in-ear entertainment podcast. To listen to other podcasts or find out more about in-ear entertainment, go to www.inearentertainment.com.